are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So when Charlie first asked me if I wanted to preach on imagination during this sermon series, my immediate thought was this gif. (laughs) I know, I know, mostly my millennial and my Gen Z friends are going to understand this gif, but bear with me for a moment. This comes from the show SpongeBob SquarePants, during a part where Squidward, one of the characters, doesn't understand how Patrick and SpongeBob are making so much noise and having so much fun within a simple box. And so out of frustration, Squidward goes, how are you doing all of this? And SpongeBob simply replies, as above, imagination. And it's a somewhat cheeky remark, one meant more for the adults having to watch this show with their kids, more so than the kids who are watching the show for fun. And yet, this little cheeky remark is still a great reminder that our imaginations can transport us to places and spaces that we've never been before. But, SpongeBob gifs aside, I was left wondering what it meant to really serve one another with imagination. Is it as simple as putting your pun skills to the test? with a Reformation-themed Halloween costume for that one day a year, or one day every six years, when Reformation Sunday falls directly on Halloween. For those who don't want to count, um, there are 95 Reese's on my t-shirt there in honor of Martin Luther's 95 theses. I was really proud of this two years ago. But maybe serving with imagination is just being creative with crafts for the children's ministry, games for the youth ministry, or using a skit in worship to explain a Bible passage instead of reading it from the standard NRSV translation. And I feel like those are some ways that we can use our imagination well to serve one another in ministry. But I think there's something deeper to our imagination and our call to use it alongside energy, intelligence, and love. So if we return to our scripture from Isaiah for a brief moment, we find this in verses 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? What a bold statement that God is making here. And we know that God is all about making and following through on bold statements. Now, for those who don't know, these particular verses come from part of the book of Isaiah called Second Isaiah. And for a very brief tangent, Isaiah is a book that is made up of three parts, not so imaginatively named, first, second, and third Isaiah. (laughs) Those parts all come from a different time frame in Israel's history. And 2nd Isaiah was written in approximately 538 BCE, while the Israelites were in exile in Babylon, but were preparing to return to Jerusalem eventually. 
So it's important to keep this in mind that the Israelites are hearing these words as they are in exile and maybe not fully trusting that God will bring them back out of that exile. They have been traumatized through this experience. They were uprooted from their homes, forced to live in new spaces with a different culture and different expectations of them. They're probably more than a little scared and maybe even embracing some nostalgia and longing for the good old days before they were exiled in Babylon. But God comes to them and reminds them how their ancestors were saved from Pharaoh and how they shouldn't fear for God has called them by name. They are gods. But God doesn't leave it here. God tells them not to focus too hard on the good old days, rather to look to something new, encouraging them to place their hopes on the new ways that God will show up in their lives and bring them out of this exile again. Now, thankfully, we are not living in an exile but I bet almost every single one of us have lived with those rose-colored nostalgia glasses on, looking into our past and thinking about our own version of the good old days. That could be the good old days of your childhood, the good old days of ministry, or even the good old days before the lockdown changed everything. And while it's so tempting to put on those rose-colored nostalgia glasses and lament the present for not being the past, we can so easily lose our hope by living in those glasses for far too long. Whereas if we look at our present, acknowledge our past for the good and the bad and all that it holds for us, but look imaginatively to the future of what we want, of what we're being called to, that future and those possibilities can bring us the hope that fuels us and gives us what we need to achieve those very things that we've been dreaming about. Now, you may be thinking, well, this is all well and good, Megan, but I'm not a creative person or an imaginative person. How am I supposed to serve with imagination? Well, good news, you can learn to be more creative and imaginative. It's not something that once you lose it, it's gone forever. You can bring it back. Most of you probably don't know this, but when I was in college, I was a music major and I studied flute. Now, while I was technically proficient and ended up getting a whole degree in flute performance, I was actually not great at the whole performing part. See, you could give me a piece of music that looks like this. I know it's kind of tiny. Um, I could learn the technique. I could learn the runs. I could play it perfectly fine. But I wasn't great at interpreting it and really being playful with the style of music. That just wasn't intuitive to my brain. I would play what was on the page, and that was it. Well, finally, my music professor decided enough was enough and he was going to force me to be creative whether I liked it or not. And so each week in my lessons, I would have to play my assigned piece of music, whether it was the piece that I was learning to perform or just a standard exercise out of one of my books. But the kick was I wasn't allowed to use any of the notations that were on the page. I had to play around with my own notations and make something up every single week that was different. And y'all, at first, this was rough. 
I only rotated through the same few ideas starting out, and it just it never sounded good. I didn't like it. I wasn't comfortable with it. I'm still a little bitter about it. <laughs> but slowly, very slowly, I started to appreciate this exercise that he was making me do and the subsequent freedom that this exercise slowly built in me to try something new, even if it didn't sound good, even if I only did it the once, try something new. These new skills slowly integrated into my practicing, not just in my lesson, but in my general practicing day to day, and gave me that freedom to try new things, some of which did eventually stick, and some of which were left to the one time, and that was it. So, I want us to try something new together today. There are several spiritual disciplines that I want you to look up later when you get home that invite creative and imaginative thinking while reading scripture and praying. I hope you look up either Visio Divina or Lectio Divina. Both come from St. Ignatius and invite you to read scripture or to look at a picture multiple times with some different prompts to help your brain think about and look at different aspects of the scripture or the picture that you might not have considered before. But our practice for today is kind of an offshoot of those two. This particular practice is called imaginative meditation. And this practice invites you into a particular text and to explore that text with all five senses. There's a couple other prompts, as you can see, where you put yourself into the story and you ask questions of the different characters and listen for what some of their answers might be, imagine what some of their answers might be, and to reflect on what you heard. But for this morning, I want us to think about all five senses with the scripture I'm about to read. And so we're going to explore a text that may or may not be familiar to you, the feeding of the 5,000 from the Gospel of Matthew. And as I read this story, I want you to think about what you see in this story. I'll interject some other questions along the way, but first, start with what you see as you hear these words from the gospel. When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. I wonder what the crowd sounded like. Could Jesus hear the crowd while he was away by himself? When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. I wonder if the crowd kept their distance or if they were pushing on Jesus, trying their hardest to get as close as they could so they could be healed too. That evening, his disciples came and said to him, This is an isolated place, and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, There's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. So he said, Bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took five loaves of bread and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, and broke the loaves apart and gave them to his disciples. I wonder what this all smelled like. Was the bread stale? Was it crunchy? 
What did the fish feel like? Then the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate until they were full, and they filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. What was the chatter of the crowd here? Did everyone eat with the people that they had come with? Did they find new friends that they shared food with? About 5,000 men, plus women and children, had eaten. So friends, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you feel, smell? Anything new that you experienced with this little exercise? That's okay if not. It can take lots of practice to open up our imaginations and listen for something new in a story that may or may not be familiar to you. But opening up our minds to this creative thinking and work is so important and one of our callings as Christians and as humans. Because when we imagine new things, when we get creative with traditions and rituals that hold special meaning to us, we can often find a hope stirring within us and within our community. And it's important to recognize and remember our traditions. That's how we have beautiful liturgy and movements around our sacraments and spiritual practices like the Lectio Divina or imaginative meditation. But we also know how important it is to try new things within those traditions that might highlight something new or explain something that brings even more people to the table. So I want to encourage y'all to try something new this week. And more than that, to use your imagination to find something new that you want to do this week, next week, this month. Even if that something new goes poorly, even if you're not perfect at it the first time, try something new and see what emotions that brings out in you and those around you. And then do it again and again and again because our imaginations and our hopes and our dreams are wonderful God-given gifts that can bring us hope in times that sometimes feel less than hopeful. Amen.